Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Kings of the South podcast, an NFC South podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Corey. That's TJ right there. I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, oh, man, where these guys been? It's been three, four weeks. Huh? Where we ever? Look, I got two kids under two, okay? I'm fighting for my life, okay? My man right there has been battling illness. He's been traveling yeah. the world. He's been, yeah. you know... Working, you know, he he's been, he's doing all he can to get back to yeah. the come on, man. Look, we know, we know what you guys want. We trying, okay? Bear with <laughs> us. Bear with us. <sighs> I'm a I'm a very popular person, man. Yeah, it's only so much we can do. That certain <laughs> we here right now, you so, know. Yeah, trying. Right. Yeah, let's let's just get into it. We got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot to talk about. A lot has transpired in the last three weeks, buddy. Yeah. A lot, a lot's going on. <laughs> well, first and foremost, let's let's kick off the show with the Kings of the South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Job yeah. done this season. This was a season that uh, overachieving. Many, many of us, including you know yours truly, us, we we thought this was going to be a four win season, and uh, yeah, jokes on us. <laughs> they oh yeah, <laughs> they won both of us. Uh, they won the you know. NFC South, four years running. Witten had a very impressive win over last year's NFC champion, the Philadelphia Eagles, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. First round, wild card round. Yeah. He put something on. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, they played what was supposed to be the hottest team in the NFL. They were. Yeah. You know, if only the head coach would, you know, just kick a field goal every now and then. Um, they probably be playing next week. But uh, yeah, Tampa Super Bowl Bay bound. lost a uh, a bit of a heartbreaker to Detroit, which is uh, you know, they just ran to a buzzsaw, man. It's not, no fault against them. They had a great run. That team is not there yet, but it's a lot closer than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um. Will they recover? I don't know. That's a nice little segue. I say will they recover because uh, they had some uh, some coaching changes. Uh, you know. Offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, your new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I'll let you kick it off, buddy. How do you feel about it? Oh, I love it. Um, I think I told you he was in my top three when the when the process started he was definitely top four at the very least um i didn't have many i i wasn't i i told you this and you thought i was being hot takey but i told you i said i didn't want ben johnson because he seems flaky and sure enough uh ben johnson flaked again guys this offseason again he has flaked out on the coaching searches and uh decided to stay in detroit again and honestly if we're going to talk about it for a split second I think that's going to affect him next year because teams are going to be like kind of cause for pause. Not that they won't interview him, but keep him at arm's distance just in case he gets kind of cold feet again. Um, But overall, I think uh, Dave Canellis coming from Tampa to Carolina does wonders for us for many reasons. Uh, One, you hurt a division rival. The NFC South champions for the last, what, three years? Two years? Four. four. Oh, okay, four years. So, yeah, you hurt them with their offensive side of the ball. Um, 
you you also cause them to lose more staff because spoiler alert, you know, Dave Canellis took like pretty much everyone on the offensive staff with him. <laughs> the 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 wide receiver coach is now our offensive coordinator. He's not gonna be calling plays. Um that would be Dave Canellis. Um we took the offensive line coach, took a whole bunch of guys from the offensive staff. Um and uh yeah, I, I I also I liked the fact that he in his press conference prioritized um what fits for Bryce Young, not trying to fit Bryce Young into his offense, but more so his offense fitting to what Bryce does well. And I I really like his energy. Um, you've been hearing people talk about that on Good Morning Football, ESPN, NFL Network. Um, they've all been talking about his energy and just the, the, the vibe and vibrant energy he brings to, uh, to a, a locker room, but also just to conf- the, the press conference and, and every meeting he's done um, since getting hired. So it's very exciting. And I would definitely say this is one of the best hires of the offseason thus far. Um, I got a lot to say on that Ben Johnson uh, comment, but this is not a forum. This is not, you know, the Kings of the North. So, uh, get out. Yeah. Um, I do like the hire. Um, I think uh, I was on the phone with you when when the hire was announced, mm-hmm. and I did not have nearly as much of a negative reaction that that I did that oh, yeah. you had. Uh. When you hired a <laughs> Frank Wright last year, um, yeah, I would like to say Carolina fans, be patient. Oh yeah, this is not a one year thing. This is not oh we got an offensive coach, we're gonna have a CJ Stroud Houston Texan type of resurgence. Those things are rare, very yeah. very rare. What yeah. CJ Stroud was doing with that team was rare. All the stars online. I'm almost positive they're not going to go, uh, what, 11 and five, eleven and 6 again? They went 11 yeah, and 11 and 6, yeah. I'm almost positive that's not going to happen again. I don't think any rookie quarterback is going to go 11 and 6 next year. But that's neither here nor there. Um, it's a great hire. And while I say be patient, because it's not a one-year thing, what you need is for your quarterback to gain more confidence and to have some type of success in the first year in that system so you can have something to build on. This is not a one-year fix. This is not a two-year fix. This is, you know, somewhere around three years. On the third year, you should be like, okay, yes, we're playoff contenders. We're, you know, everything what Atlanta thought we were. But that's a whole different thing. We'll get into it later. I don't <laughs> want to it right now. Um, but I like to hire. Um, you also promoted from within your boy. Yes. Uh, Dan Morgan, Mr. I ain't blinking for 75 hours straight. Dude. <laughs> hey, I told you when we hired Dan Morgan, because we hired him first, and I told you on the phone, I said, you know, fans were pissed, and then and the media was bashing it. Surprisingly enough, a lot of the media didn't know that Dan Morgan played for mm-hmm. us, and they didn't know that he was that good of a player. He was a very good linebacker. Casuals, casuals, yeah, a bunch of name. casuals. Even even in the media, because I heard people on ESPN talk about it, mm-hmm. they did not realize that he was like 
one of the best linebackers to ever play for our game, our, our team, mm-hmm. like right up there with Luke Keekley. Like if it wasn't for concussions, him and Luke Keekley would both be. Yeah. yeah. I still rank Luke Keekley ahead of him, but you yeah. know, that's yeah. Yeah. That's not a hot take, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, I, I love the hire of Dan Morgan as GM. I thought it made the most sense because of the fact that you really want to have someone who understands the history of the organization, who has a young mind, who has a fresh mind and has a different perspective than what Scott Fitterer brought uh, to the front office. I know a lot of people associate the two of them together because they came from Seattle together. Scott Fitterer brought in Dan Morgan three years ago when he got to Carolina, but I don't associate the two because at the end of the day, they're two different people. So Scott Fitter did not play for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Dan Morgan did. And he was a part of the the Super Bowl team in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he said in the press conference, he was there when he was drafted in 2001. His rookie year, they won one game and then lost 15 straight to end the year. Went one and 15 that year. Two years later, we went to the Super Bowl. That was against the Patriots. So, obviously, and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with this. That's a whole different circumstance. New generation, new decade. Um, but I think overall he has a perspective that that he knows what it took to get to where they were back then. And as he said in the press conference... It's going to take some some guys who have a passion for this, who care about this team, who want to be here, who get that dog in them, like he said, right? When he was staring into people's souls <laughs> in the in the in the audience. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he nailed it, man. Him and Dave Canellis also too. They both have a a relationship together. They've known each other for seven years. They were in Seattle together for seven years. Um. And then Dan Morgan also has experience being the Buffalo Bills front office. Um, so I, I just think I think Dan Morgan paired with Dave Canellis is a great pairing, but more so specifically with, with Dan Morgan, I think he understands where we're lacking. And I think that he is going to get us going in the right direction as the GM and president of football operations. That's key. That's key. Um, just to get into it a little bit real quick, something to look forward to down the road. Um, Joe person of ESPN was, uh, offering to interview him and asking to interview him. And he said, he's not doing interviews. He's going to be in the background now is what he said. And that hit social media real quick because David Tepper last, uh, year when we hired Frank Reich, he was doing interviews like that. Yeah, talking about how you don't need to pay, uh, you know, for a high class receiver, but you know, he's a point guard, right? Facilitate the ball, you know, cut right. Yeah, I'm gonna start with that. Yeah, when we hired Frank Reich and we did the introductory press conference, David Tepper did interviews after that press conference. He did not do interviews after this one. I truly believe that Dave Canellis was a damn Morgan hire. And I think David Tepper is going to allow these two to cook and do what they want for about two to three years. Mm -hmm. Now, if they start 
kind of just being mediocre by year three and nothing's changed, then you're going to start to gonna get the Arthur Smith treatment, man. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but I'm, I'm very excited. I I told you from the get go about both guys that I was very excited, but when you look on social media, every Panthers fan is like, Oh, this is a dumb hire. We should went after Jim Harbaugh and all this other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm that didn't make sense. We were never going to get Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, it just didn't make sense either. He's old school. He's not, he's not the young mind that Tepper was insinuating, um, in his, uh, off season, uh, interview interview, uh, after the season was over. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. So I love the hire both Dan Morgan and Dave Canellis. And to touch on another hiring we made, uh, Brant Tillis from the Kansas City Chiefs will be running our app space. Um, he is executive vice president of football operations. So he and Dan Morgan will be working with cap and players. And Brent Tillis is more so there for the cap space uh, management side of things. So... Well, speaking of uh, hires that wasn't received well by the internet, uh, my own Atlanta Falcons made a hire of their own. They went back to the, uh, they spun the block for, uh, you know, 2020 interim head coach Raheem Morris, which, you know, when we start talking in the beginning uh, of the coaching search, you said, hey, who, who are your guys? I said, Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, Raheem Morris. Those are my three. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I was a big proponent of hiring uh, Raheem Morris is just, I mean, y- yes, he's a great defensive mind. Yes, he's been here. Yes, he represents the culture, he, he, all of that stuff. But I've never seen a coach so beloved by the rest of the league, by the rest of the coaches, by the rest of the players, like I've seen with Raheem, Raheem Morris. I've never seen it. I've never yeah. seen it. Mike Tomlin called him the best football coach he's ever been around. Sean McVay and Les Snead wrote letters on his behalf to every every team yeah. who had an opening. You know, And they don't have to do that. They don't have to do it, yeah. They reached yeah. out personally and spoke with owners on the phone and GMs on the phone and and Kyle Shanahan, you know, you, you remember him? You know, yeah. <laughs> he's probably going to his second Super Bowl in what, like four years? Um, yeah. You know, he he spoke glowingly of of Raheem Morris. Uh, the list goes on and on. I mean, Jalen Ramsey said he's the best football coach he's ever been around. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, the, the, the owner of the Rams said, oh, you know you're gonna have you're gonna have to worry about tampering because there's gonna be a lot of players reaching out to Raheem to want to play for him. Yeah. Uh, so that alone, you know, if these smart people are saying who, who knows more about football than you and I can even hope to know. Oh yeah. If they're saying, "Hey, this is an outstanding hire," I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them. You know. Yeah. We're gonna go. Yeah. With them. Um, I, I think the players are going to want to play for him. Uh, I think, you know, the coaching staff that he assembled, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I'm not going to get into it because a lot of names and, yeah. Uh, 
All you need to know is Zach Robinson is going to be the offensive coordinator, man. From the, you know, he was yeah. handpicked from, you know, Sean McVay. And Sean McVay said, you know, on camera, without even having to ask, someone said, hey, uh, are, are you going to turn – if if you're going to turn over the plays to somebody, who would you turn it over to? He said, without question, Zach Robinson. And he said, hey, are you going to do that? Maybe take a CEO approach? He said, oh, no, wherever Raheem's going, that's where, that's where Zach is going. So just that yeah. type of love and bond that they have with each other. They should pay dividends off in the, you know, in the A, man. So very, 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 very excited. A lot to look forward to. Um, yeah, I love Raheem, man. I, I love just the energy he has and the way he can connect with players. Like you, you see it, and the way he that he holds himself with such confidence because he knew what went wrong from his first head coaching job. And anyone want to say, oh, well. He went 28 and 37 as a head coach. Uh, he's not a good coach. He was 32 years old when he got his first head coaching job. There's a lot of people who say that he got that job too soon. And they kind of. And it's not it. a knock on him, but it's just like he wasn't ready, but he kind of got forced into yeah. it. And also, they traded all the all they traded away or cut all of his All Pro players, like from the Super Bowl team. They got mm-hmm. rid of all of them. My man was out here with Josh Freeman as his quarterback. Yeah, people forget that. And they had Cadillac Williams. Yeah, and he got 10 wins his second year. So, yeah, I'm good with Raheem, man. I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Bucs again briefly. They managed to uh, snag uh, Liam Cohen from Kentucky as their OC. Also from the McVay tree. Yeah. I mean, eventually McVay and Shanahan, they're going to run out of branches, correct? <laughs> I don't know, man. They got a lot of guys, man. Golly. They got Did a you lot see of that um, Shula's grandson is now the DC? <laughs> Don Shula, yeah. the, one of the greatest coaches of all time, his grandson is now the DC in, in, in uh, LA. Crazy times, man. And I would not be surprised if in two or three years this kid's got a freaking head coaching job. Yeah. Well, we got to see it first. We got to see. Got to see it first. But I mean, the name Shula holds some weight yeah. to it. Yeah. You better be able to do something with that name. You man. better be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So yeah, I, I like that hire. Um, he worked with Baker before with signals that they're probably going to resign him. Yeah. Um, did you see how much he's going to command I on the market? It. Like, like market value, forty I million. I don't know if I believe it. I saw it though. Forty <laughs> I million. It. I saw it. That's the is that thing. the is that the new going rate for a quarterback? Hey, you know who you can thank for that, Daniel Jones. That's crazy. If Daniel Jones is getting 35, 40 million, if I'm Baker, I want forty five. Because he's better. If, <laughs> um, oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that's. I I didn't realize Tampa Bay has so much cap. They got around forty-seven million in cap space. That's yeah. crazy. Well, from one cap situation to another, New Orleans Saints. In addition to uh, being in cap hell, they fired uh, Pete Carmichael. 
And there was some debate on, you know, who they were going to bring in. Is it Joe Brady? Is it Kevin Moore? Is it uh, I don't know. Uh, what's the what the what's the guy that got Ken Dorsey? Uh, the answer was none of those. They managed to get uh, the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach Clint Kubiak from the San Francisco 49ers. People forget in 2021, uh, he was the OC for the Vikings, and he did one year of play calling before they fired him because he did not do a good job. Hmm. They struggled hey. offensively with him as the OC. Well, I have a feeling they're going to struggle offensively this year because uh, – I don't know if you've seen the tweets regarding their cap situation. Uh, they're almost in a situation – well, not almost. They're in a situation now where they're going to have to uh, restructure Derek Carr's contract and be tied to him for at least two more years. I've seen that. They're going to have – they're not even borrowing money from 2024 or 2025. It's 2025 and 2026 that they're borrowing against now because there's – in such rough shape cap-wise, and I just don't. You know what I say about this? And I'm going to say this as kindly as possible. This is what you get for being greedy. You you had you had foggy headlights in your eyes as an ownership, as a front office. Oh, we still got a Super Bowl window. No, your Super Bowl window was like, what, five years ago when you had Drew Brees and Sean Payton? Mm-hmm. That was a while ago, buddy. Y'all are still holding on, still holding on. I don't care what. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. That window closed a long time ago. The rest of the the NFC South embraced the rebuild, buddy. Yes, come on home. The the Bucks, the Bucks got lucky with Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought that Baker and Dave Canellas together would be a great combo? Baker struggled. I mean, that's why he was a free agent. And he rejuvenated his career in Tampa because of the weapons there and because of Dave Canellis. Um, but New Orleans just trying to put a Band-Aid on everything and trying to be Super Bowl contenders. You're not Super Bowl contenders. You're not going to be in the next five years. You're not. You're just – you're not. And I don't care what they do in the draft – Nothing is going to fix this because they have so many issues that they're going to be facing over the next two seasons, the next two off seasons. More, more, bro. They, the guy on Twitter, he's a cap expert. He works for, I think, Track or whatever. He said the New Orleans Saints can cut every single player on their team that has uh, cap savings, and they will still be sixty million dollars over the cap. <laughs> I love it. And I love it. He was Screw the Saints. Certain things could happen, <laughs> like uh, they can do this, they can do that, restructure and all that, but they still be like in the hold. And uh, and someone asked, well, what will happen if they're not cap compliant? The league can't do anything. Cap ain't real. And he said, oh, no. You can be fined $5 million for each violation. You can be stripped of uh, draft picks. Um, you can be uh in the rare circumstances, you can be you can be told, hey, you can't sign anyone to your team via free agency or re-signing until you get under the cap. You can't do anything. So whatever's on your team is on your team. You're gonna have to get people for veteran minimums. And they also said, um, 
<laughs> if it came down to it as a last resort, they will uh, pretty much cancel, terminate any contract on your team. Every They can terminate your contract because they say, oh, you're not going to pay them because you can't pay them. So the contract's are null and void. So all of your players are free agents and they can go elsewhere. Whereas the guy said if they don't do everything they need to do in the next three years, and he said if you buckle down in three years, you can get under the cap. He said, if you don't do that, and he said, which I don't think they're going to do, in the next five years, they're going to be looking like an expansion team with how rough a shape they are in. <laughs> I mean, not to harp on it, but me and you said this like three years ago that they should have started the rebuild. They should have they should have embraced three it. years ago. Cause that was around the time that Sean Payton left was like three years ago. Yep. I mean, that was the perfect time to hit reset. Yeah. So no Drew Brees. Tough being a Saints fan, man. I mean, yeah, you, you guys won games this year, but at what cost? I mean, you guys are sitting here, Super Bowl window, and nothing to show for it you know, besides cap hell. Yeah, they can't because they gave that big contract to Carl Granison this year. They can't resign one of their weapons. Raheem Shahid, he's gonna be, he's gonna hit the market. He's gone. I foresee a lot of the Saints playmakers getting traded or 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 getting released and, and not for cap reasons just because they can't afford people i'm hearing Jawan johnson's gonna get released after he just signed an extension this offseason mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised that they, they traded alvin Kamara for a late round pick i mean they have no choice they have to get rid of big contracts mm-hmm. so crazy hard time for Hot times, and I don't feel bad for them because I hate Saints fans. <laughs> they always acted like their window was still open. Like, no, your window closed five years ago. There's that. Well, folks, uh, you know, it's been a while. I feel like we should give out a down bad award. What do you think, buddy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I agree. Oh, I got I got one myself. Okay, but you, I'll let you I'll let you go no, first. No, you go first. I'm still, I gotta find this guy's name. Okay. <laughs> so my down bad award is going to the Washington Commanders. Ooh. <laughs> I debated on this one. I debated. I had another team that I'm not gonna say their their name, but I had another team in mind. But the commanders are down bad because they had high hopes. Oh, we got Ben Johnson. We got him. And then he backed out. Oh, crap. And then Mike McDonald's in Seattle interviewing for a second time. Oh, oh, they hired him. Oh, okay. Well, well, let's, oh, oh, wait. Aaron Glenn, inexperienced. Oh, he doesn't fit, does he? Oh, we'll just, we'll, we'll accept Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. And, and no offense to, to Dan Quinn. I like Dan Quinn. You show him respect. He took us to the Super Bowl, damn it. But you're only as good as your last game. What was the lasting impression of Dan Quinn as the DC for Dallas? They gave up 48 points to the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Take that how you may. Some people argue that's on the players. Some people argue it's on the, the coaching staff. I say both. That's just me. Down bad award goes to Washington because you were talked about by the media 
as the best destination this whole offseason. Carolina was crapped on as the worst. And, you know, I've seen a couple of votes by professional networks, Mm -hmm. and they voted Carolina and Atlanta as two of the best hires all offseason. Besides Jim Harbaugh to, to the Chargers. So I got to take on that, but it's, I, I'll save yeah. it for later. It, it, we will do a video man. this week to, to grade each hire. Cause I think that'd be fun to do. Um, and kind of looking forward to the, uh, draft and kind of covering some senior bowl stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my mm-hmm. down bad award, Washington commanders. <laughs> you know, I will agree with you not because they, you know, settled on Dan Quinn. Um, it's just because the way they handled it, they didn't oh, yeah. use certain people because they just knew that they had, you know, they had my boy in the bag. They had Ben Johnson in the bag, and you know, asking people around the league, they thought it was in the bag too. But uh, the heart wants what it wants. Mm-hmm. You want to stay? You want to, you know, get uh Get Dan a ring, so more power to him. Sorry yeah. about your luck there, Washington. Um, so my down bad, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> the reason why I say Jacksonville Jaguars is because they asked <laughs> FanDuel to refund $20 million that was stolen from them from a former employee and used for bets. And the bets lost. And FanDuel said, hey, I'm sorry your money was stolen, buddy, but all bets are final. (laughs) So, so, Jackson didn't hire the guy, Amit Patel. He was a mid-level finance manager. He pleaded guilty yesterday for stealing $22 million through a virtual credit card system the Jaguars use for expenses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he lost $20 million of the funds on daily fantasy and sports bets at FanDuel, which had assigned him a VIP host. He lost about a million on DraftKings. He is the worst gambler I've ever seen. I'm going to put him in the box. Oh, you know what? Another down bad. A down bad to the down bad. I got to drop him in there. Keshawn Butte. <laughs> oh, yeah. Down bad too, buddy. Because you bet almost half a million dollars on your games. And you fucking lost us. <laughs> you didn't hit any of the targets, man. So yeah, that's a quick little down bad, but he got arrested. Yeah. I I don't understand how you can try to ask a company to get your money back when your employee made those purchases with your first of all, why does that one man have access to that? Who is this guy? Did you vet him? You don't just wake yeah. up one day and do twenty million dollars worth of bets. There's a pattern. You need That's to over time. Check. This man has probably been a degenerate all his life, all his adult life. And I don't know why. 
How didn't you notice that $20 million was gone? How didn't you notice a million was gone? How didn't you notice two million was gone? How didn't you notice three? Yeah. So that's that's wild. Yeah. Jacksonville, you're down bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We're going to get out of here, folks. Continue to like and follow us. Watch us on Twitter. Watch us on Instagram. Well, like us on Instagram. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, until next time, folks. Peace. Peace.